Welcome to the podcast, No Code Talks with Creatio. I'm your host, Andy Zambito, Chief Sales Officer Americas at Creatio. And today we have a special guest, Catalina Dabija, Senior Manager at Deloitte Consulting Romania. Catalina has over 10 years of experience leading and delivering IT projects. She focuses on IT and BI assessments, PNI frameworks, core banking transformation, mergers, process and project management. She will bring that strong knowledge and share her thoughts about digital banking maturity and how banks are responding to the digital revolution. So Catalina, I pass it over to you. Um, so uh, my name is Catalina Davija. I'm a senior manager in Deloitte Consulting Romania, and, um, and we will be talking a bit about digital banking maturity and trying to answer the question, how banks are responding to the digital revolution. So without further ado, I will step right into the topic. And even if it's a bit counterintuitive, I would like to start uh, with the part related to key takeaways. So these are the main messages that I would like you all to take away after the end of the session. First of all, let me give you a bit of details about what a digital banking maturity is. So it was a study that we have been conducted, um, conducting since uh, 2016. Uh, in 2020, um, we've done it covering 318 banks from 39 countries. So it's a global perspective while doing analysis of digital retail banking, channel, um, uh, retail banking in three channels. We covered internet banking, mobile banking, and website. It's based on an outside-in mystery shopper assessment of the digital functionalities of the customer needs research and user experience evaluation. So all in all, uh, the, the topic that I'm gonna talk to you about today is digital banking maturity, which is identifying champions and leading practices worldwide. Now we all know that um, 2020 was, let's say, a, a tough year, and it has changed the face of industry in, uh, in general, of business in general, and it also has affected banking. And in terms of digital channels, they had, um, they, it was putting the uh, development of the digital channels on a fast track. So in turn, banks had to close or even shorten the opening hours of branches, but many also get, got to implement new digital features like fully digital processes. Now, when it comes to uh, digital champions, and I'm gonna get uh, to uh, uh, quickly defining them um, uh, in the context of digital banking maturity in a couple of minutes, they don't only lead their peers in number of digital functionalities along the customer journey, but they are also, um, if uh, those are incumbent um, um, uh, banks, they outperform other incumbent banks in their country or in um, uh, their geography, uh, both on cost income ratio or, and return of equity. When it comes to uh, uh, serving online customers, digital champions are investing in end-to-end -end digital sale processes and they have widened the lead on over the latecomers for key products like current accounts, credit cards, and for cash loans. Also, if we're looking at the market from the perspective of challenger banks versus incumbent banks, new functionalities typically gain traction faster with challenger banks than with the incumbent banks. So we speak here about functionalities like bill split, virtual debit card, chatbots with advanced use cases, or even chatbots which allow transactionality. Last but not least, user experience is a key differentiator, which is bringing up customer satisfaction and digital champions have long ago understood that. So 60% of our digital champions are actually ranked in the top 10% when it comes to user experience scenarios that we have uh, analyzed. The largest gap between digital champions and the latecomers is in the areas of opening an account, buying an insurance product, or even in the beyond banking services. 
Now, just as a quick, uh, let's say, um, look over when it comes to what happened in 2020, um, there were a lot of, uh, let's say, um, um, lockdowns uh, which were uh, instituted uh, in all the countries. So immediately after those social lockdowns, we were faced with the um, need to go to towards remote working. People were finding them, them, themselves in the ability, inability of uh, paying their loans. So a lot of countries uh, then adopted uh, loan default uh, legislation. Um, companies in general were forced to optimize their supply chain processes and in general uh, do the automation of their processes. Uh, in the economic side of um, um, uh, the middle of the last year, interest rates were reduced in order to, um, let's say, support consumption. Uh, banks were starting to feel a bit of obstacles in um, uh, uh, gaining profitability. Um, so they also went in terms of operating model transformation, they went to the digital concept, which is a hybrid between physical branches and uh, digital channels. Uh, but also there was a lot of forecast uh, talking about or forecast talking about global recession. And all in all, what happened is that companies in general uh, were forced to a fast track in terms of digitalization. Now, uh, we all know that there were uh, several restrictions which were imposed by um, COVID-19. Uh, so I was mentioning in the beginning that 60% of the banks had to close or even shorten their opening hours. 11% of the banks turned off specific methods of account opening and even 6% of the banks suspended altogether account openings or just limited access to a specific type of product for the new client. However, this was only one side of the, um, of, um, of the last year. On the other hand, banks had the opportunity to bring out new functionalities and I'm gonna mention just a couple of them. So more than 40% of the banks uh, actually uh, decided to increase the limit of contactless payment. More than 30% of the bank started to implement fully digital processes, product opening uh, in, in specific. And last but not least, what I want to mention is that uh, almost um, a quarter of the banks started to introduce booking appointments in branches. And that was because they needed to optimize the time spent by uh, the client uh, in the branch itself. So in that area of, let's say, the, the entire perfect storm, which was created last year, we tried to bring the Digital Banking Maturity Study as, uh, let's say, a, a tool, as a global accelerator to help banks respond to the change. Um, just as a quick set of numbers that I want to give, I, I did tell you about 39 countries that we covered, 318 banks. We looked at a customer journey across six steps, three digital uh, channels, and over 11 hundred functionalities that we covered. Now, um, I need to tell you a bit also about how we splitted the um, uh, results because all those uh, 318 banks were divided into four main categories. So at the bottom of the curve, we started with the latecomers and then uh, digital adopters was, uh, let's say the next category of um, uh, banks and then smart followers. And at the top of the curve, we have the digital champions. Actually, the digital champions are defined as top 10% of banks. And you could ask yourself, what does it define being a digital champion? What does it mean? So digital champions, they offer a wide range of functionalities. They are relevant for, which are relevant for customers and they offer a compelling user experience as well. So they end up setting digital, <clears throat> key digital trends and they have this leading market practices, which actually turns them into examples to learn from. So now let's go into the exact numbers because that is where the fun part begins. Um, we looked into 
what digital champions um, uh, offer in terms of functionalities. Uh, and we also uh, depicted all the other, uh, let's say, uh, groups of um, um, uh, banks. We started from the latecomers, went to digital adopters, and then to the smart followers. And we tried to look at it across the entire customer journey. I did tell you that there were six steps that we, uh, we analyzed. So we started from information gathering. We went through account opening, customer onboarding, day-to-day -day banking, expand relationship, and end relationship. And I must give a note here. Usually ending a relationship is one of the, um, let's say, areas of the customer journeys that the banks are overlooking or let's say, uh, let's say um, not allocating enough uh, resources or enough um, um, attention to that area, but it is a key important point for our clients. Now, uh, we tried to look at um, what was the, uh, let's say, gap or the advantage that the digital champions had over the latecomers in the area of expanding relationship they do a lot better than all the other um, um, uh, let's say uh, banks which were part of the study uh, now going further I did I do want to uh, give you um, uh, a bit more insight on where have digital champions gained their biggest advantage over their peers in the last two years so I did say that the expand um, um, relationship area is all in all about 13 percentual points uh, higher than uh, all the other uh, type of banks. It's been a top priority for digital champions, especially when it comes to, let's say, areas like partnership ecosystem and account aggregation, which is the highest um, uh, rank of difference between the digital champions and the other peers. It's 16 percentual points. Uh, but not only in the area of expanding relationships, the digital champions have looked into how to gain an advantage. They also uh, looked into account and product management uh, here in the account opening area with 15 percentual points, uh, but also in the PFM area. And I would like to give a bit more details on the PFM area, just as a quick note. Um, so digital champions, they actually deliver more value-added PFM than all the other banks because of two things. First, it's the engagement drivers because they have functionalities like setting financial goals, managing transaction categories or budget notifications. But secondly, also due to cross-sell boosters because they have functionalities like uh, saving and investing advice, contextual offer, financial projections, and um, last but not least, measuring financial health. So all in all, uh, when we did the math, it appeared that digital champions offer five times more functionalities than digital latecomers, for example, when it comes to um, uh, PFM. Now, I did select only uh, three, let's say, categories to be talking about uh, when it comes to going into deep dive. So I selected the opening process because that's a very important part. I have selected the beyond banking or value-added services and the investment services. So let's go into the first topic. Um, the mobile channel um, was looked at versus the internet channel. So those are, let's say, um, uh, the biggest um, um, uh, acquisition hooks or the biggest uh, areas uh, which are important for the clients when it comes to end-to-end uh, -end digitally serving um, uh, our customers. So we looked at uh, internet channel and we have found out that there was a 38% percentual points difference between digital champions and digital latecomers. Uh, but the biggest gap was in mobile channel. Um, so it was almost inexistent, um, the type of functionalities that the uh, digital champions were providing, they were not existing in a digital latecomer. So at the beginning of the curve. 
Uh, now I must say that the data is part of the 2020, let's say, uh, study. We are uh, approaching 2022, which is the year that we're going to redo this. And I'm sure that this area of focus was taken into account in the context of the pandemics um, by uh, most of the banks. So they um, will, we will see probably increasing percentages in terms of mobile channel functionalities. Uh, also, just to give a quick, uh, let's say, um, uh, our information about which is the preferred method when it comes to opening a current account, because you need to do um, uh, know your customer, validate the identity of the customer. So what is it, the preferred opening method when it comes to digital champions? More than half of them, they prefer picture of the ID card. A, almost a quarter of them, they do video conferencing or uh, showing an ID to courier or even a combination of those. And let's say uh, even with a lesser percentage, they also have functionalities like e-signature like e or like authorization via login to another bank or even let's say penny transfer. Now, um, when it comes to uh, the second area that I wanted to uh, focus on, which is the value-added services, it's another source of significant differentiation for the champions. They don't yet play a critical role in the customer value proposition, but they do differentiate banks from traditional banking services, so they can be lever leveraged as acquisition hooks. Uh, we live in the world of low interest rates, so banks are, are seeking a shift from interest income to fee-based non-interest revenue. So these services can help banks that successfully monetize value-added services potential. Top four types of functionalities uh, granted or given by digital champions in comparison with digital latecomers, starting from high differentiation, uh, uh, differentiation potential up to low um, uh, potential for um, uh, differentiation. Now I'm gonna start with the bottom part in the public service area. Digital champions offer functionalities like applying for social benefits or checking social insurance status. Uh, in the entertainment area, they offer buying tickets or buying uh, tickets for cinema or for like social events. In the mobility area, they allow buying parking and transport tickets um, or even booking hotels, flights and trains. In the auxiliary services, they went into cloud storage functionalities and credit scoring, which is important for clients. And in the commercial area, this is the area where the gap is the smallest between the digital champions and the latecomers, but they do have more functionalities when it comes to loyalty programs or mobile phone uh, top-ups. Um, now let's go a bit to the third area that um, I, I wanted to, to deep dive um, when it comes to uh, digital channels. Uh, again, we looked at the, um, uh, let's say, um, uh, most preferred and least preferred um, um, channel to open um, an account or to open a product. So we have uh, seen that the most preferred channels are the digital channels when it comes to transactions and savings. So products in those areas like debit card, credit card, current accounts, and channels uh, like um, uh, these digital channels are less preferred when it comes to uh, credit products. However, this is exactly where the digital champions are becoming leaders by building an advantage versus um, uh, their peers. So in the credit area, products like cash loan, overdraft, or car loan, um, in those areas, uh, and also in, in, in credit card, uh, in those areas, digital champions offer two to three times more functionalities than uh, um, all the other um, uh, peers. 
last but not least, as I said, uh, also in the key takeaways, user experience is, uh, let's say, um, a key important aspect when it comes to considering um, a bank as being a champion or not. Champion or not. So champions do deliver best user experience, especially at account opening, 48 percentual points difference, uh, transfer, 25 percentual points difference, and buying a credit product, 30% percentual point difference. I'm sorry. It's always a hard, hard thing to say. Um, I also wanted to, to give um, just a quick insight in this area. So, for example, if we're looking at um, this account opening, uh, providing customers with guidance and positive user experience during the account open, opening is essential because you make a positive first impression which lasts with the client. So you can offer functionalities like uh, facilitation of entering data fast and correctly, uh, progress tracker, which is, let's say, a no-brainer, but this is what uh, digital champions always offer. Descriptive error messages, save and finish later feature, or even confirmation that uh, the form that the client is on is being processed. All these type of features is what is helping the digital uh, champions to outperform their peers. Uh, as a summary, or let's say as a, as a, um, a wrap up, I would like to say that uh, this kind of study can help both champions, but also latecomers to um, future-proof their digital strategy. And if you're asking yourself what's in it for your bank, then I would like to emphasize three points. First of all, um, you can know what the digital maturity is for your retail banking channels. You can gain insights into the positioning of your individual bank in comparison to the local leaders, global leaders, and to identify the key gaps. Secondly, you can identify leading market practices at the worldwide level. You can identify or learn about the latest trends and development in the digital retail banking channels. And last but not least, you can understand the importance of user experience for customers. You can examine how specific features or functionalities are helping to improve customer satisfaction. And with that, I am wrapping up. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much, Catalina, for sharing your thoughts and insights about digital banking maturity with us. It was truly a pleasure to have you with us today. To get more information about our products and services, please visit our website, creatio.com. And for more insight, check our digital event page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Talk soon.